Canine Detection Collaborative, a detection dog training trio with Stacy Barnett. Hi. Robin Grubel. Hey there. And Crystal Wing. What's up? With humor and a big dose of theory, our trio talks practical training advice and features interviews with top trainers and scientists. It's Canine Detection Collaborative! Welcome back to the Canine Detection Collaborative. I am here with the fabulous Robin Grubel. Hello. <laughs> and the wonderful Stacy Barnett. Hello. And I don't know if you've ever felt stressed before or been overwhelmed with anything. If you can relate to either of those thoughts, maybe some of the things we'll talk about today on our tangents, you can relate. Or you can help others that have dealt with maybe finding the motivation to train or figuring out a schedule or just managing your brain. So we don't know where we're going to go yet. We'll find out as we go. Yes. <laughs> so welcome along. Absolutely. <laughs> Robin said, let's talk about mental management. And I'm like, okay, can you give me a little more than that? <laughs> a little more guidance. Well, and I was, yeah. So we had a really busy August. And then my August sort of extended into September and then it sort of extended into mid-September. And I was talking with some people about feeling like I was in survival mode. And because what I found myself doing was just looking, okay, what do I have to get done tomorrow? Yeah, And that I literally ended up doing that for about two weeks. And I started that last April. <laughs> I really feel like it. I feel like last April I was okay. And then uh -huh. I said, next week's going to get easier. Yeah. And then it didn't. And then I said, well, next week, oh, I can't wait to slow down next week. And then it didn't. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, in the summer, I have all these things I'm going to have planned. And I didn't. <laughs> like, I just, whoa. And then when I did have a moment to slow down, I got a concussion. And then mm -hmm. when it was like, okay, I'm getting my brain back. Well, then I popped my knee. And it was just... I feel, and then I'm back to school. And so back to work, teaching high school, the first month back is just, it kicks you in the gut and yeah. we don't have custodians. We don't have bus drivers. Oh, so all the stress of that is compound, you know, compounded. And then I have a dog that's very sensitive to how I'm feeling. And so I think that's part of too, what inspired us to go, yeah, let's do this. And then Stacy. Yeah, I have no problems right now. Yeah, it's killing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, no, I'm actually, which is, I know it's so, I mean, I'm, you're like, we're talking about this. I'm like, uh, I'm in a really good place right now. But it's perfect because you were not. I was not. I was not. I was actually in a really bad place. Actually, before distraction camp, before I came down, or came down, came over, over, travel, yeah, travel, 1,100 mm -hmm. miles through Iowa. And I hadn't trained my dogs in ages. I was like, I don't even, I was kind of like feeling very adrift. There was nothing else to really train other than some searching. And I was kind of like, blah, I'm like, eh, I don't want to, eh. And, and it, it really affected my whole, I mean, you guys are probably like, who are you? And what did you do with Stacy? <laughs> and, and I think we've actually had these conversations like, I don't know who you are, but this is not, you're normal. not you. Right. You're not normal. You're not you. And what it ended up being, I think, was I just wasn't training my dogs. I think it was a big part of it because that is such a, an emotional piece of That's just intrinsically reinforcing for you it is and it just makes me happy and i need to have those goals i need to have like like this excitement of of what i'm working on and so i was in a really bad place and then we started 
in Iowa every day training our dogs. And it was like, at first, I mean, I think I was very frustrated in the first time that we got together. And I'm sure Crystal can remember that. Robin can too. Like, what, I don't know what's wrong with you. But just really having a hard time, just even just focusing on just getting and getting frustrated. I couldn't get like these small pieces of behaviors. And so the first couple of days were kind of painful. Right? I have to be honest. But then we just started to train every day. And all of a sudden, I started to see progress in my dogs. And then through some conversations that we had, I started to develop additional goals and stuff that I wanted to do with my dogs. And now, I mean, I'm home and I'm literally training my dogs like two hours a day. Like they did, they did a bunch of searching today. And then we did some of the dexterity stuff in the, in the backyard. I did some healing. The dogs are just like, they're happy. I'm in probably the best place I've felt in a, the longest time. I'm happy. They're happy. Everything just feels very positive. So, so I'm kind of, I feel like I was at that place, like before distraction camp, before coming to Iowa. And right now I'm feeling kind of centered again and I'm, and I'm excited and I have goals and stuff like that. So, well, and that feeling centered thing for me, I mean, you guys, I've resorted to the fact that I'm putting smiley face stickers on a calendar every mm-hmm. day that I train a dog. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but you know what? If, if that, is giving you a visual. Well, it is right? just, I'm type A. I know everybody's yeah. immensely shocked about this. <laughs> You're type A plus, Robin. Let's let's put a fire on that. You are not type A. You are type A plus. And so just the process of pulling the sticker off and sticking yeah. it on the calendar, I find reinforcing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even so much that oh, hey, I trained a dog. It's that I get to put the sticker on the calendar. <laughs> kind of like the advent calendar in reverse. Like, you know, those little pieces of chocolate that you get when you're counting down for, you know what I mean, for Christmas. And I also had to dissect out the dogs. You know, I've got yeah. seven working dogs. Well, okay, no, eight working dogs. Well, seven and a half. Blair's pregnant, so she's a half. She gets to play with some bumpers and that's about it. Okay. And so I actually had to say, okay, these are the three that need to do detection work. Okay, four, including Nico. He actually really needs to do healing work. So those are what you guys get to do. And then the other group gets to do hunt, test, field trial stuff because that helps balance out my brain that I don't feel like I'm getting too formulaic or anything with all of the hides and and running the dogs on all of the same hide. Okay, snore. So I'm hearing the power of routine and setting achievable goals as kind of the underlying of what you guys just kind of shared. And I'll say for me, uh, I've been doing a goal every morning. Uh, Checkmate had his second hip replacement and I've had some concerns because he's just not moving quite right. And I feel like he progressed faster after his first hip replacement. And I think it's a lot of learned behaviors, blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking to Bobby Lyons. We had her on the show. And so, you know, I'm, I'm getting her help. And I was getting Ronnie's help. So it's, I've got a whole team helping me. I'm just so fortunate. But the routine that I've started is every morning before work, I put in like a two minute training session with all of the dogs. And I, I prime it the night before, right before I go to bed, I do a little two minute session and it gets me ready for the next morning when I wake up, because even though I'm not getting enough sleep, which is what the one goal that I said that I would have for this year. And I even said it on a podcast. I was like, (laughs) <laughs> that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get more sleep. And I i haven't even figured that one out. But anyway, I'm tired. I could sleep if I could just get myself, whatever. 
So we'll get there in a minute. (laughs) The routine is a short session before I go to bed. So that's what I'm thinking about. I put my phone away so that when I wake up, I start with that again. And that's so great for the dogs and for me. And it ends up being less than 10 minutes before I go to bed and about 10 minutes when I get up and I get up just a few minutes earlier to do it. And it starts my day off so much better. So if that's the only training I get done in a day, that's what happens. But here's what's happening. Because of Checkmate, I'm putting in about an hour and a half of conditioning a day for him. Wow. And I should be also doing that for myself, for my torn shoulder and my torn knees. And I'm not doing that for myself. And I I need to find a better balance there. So that's where the setting achievable goals is kind of kicking me in the butt right now. Because I was getting really excited after I visited Denise Fenzi in California in June. And I really didn't have any kind of goals anymore for Checkmate, you know, other than to have him be happy and healthy. And she kind of put it in my ear, you know, it's like, oh, why not? Like he could, he has the foundations for IGP, he has the foundations for PSA, he's the foundations for Mondial. Like you could do it, you know, decide what you want to do and do it. And she gave me some great guidance that I've been able to also share with others. And now that's on standstill. And without that little push, I have to keep reminding myself because like, Robin, obedience isn't your favorite. No, right? it's not. That's fair. Fair. It, it's one of my favorites. Like I love I it. It's so much fun. And then when it comes to conditioning, I try to make it my favorite, but I feel like it's just in my way yeah. <laughs> instead of, I know that it's a step in the right direction, but dude, the boy just turned six. Like, uh, yeah, I know. And I don't mean to be whining. I'm whining. I get it. But the achievable goals part is the part that I'm struggling with. That doesn't equate to whining, by the way. That's just like, this. these are the emotions I'm feeling and they're very valid. So that's not whining. It's just holding me back from my goal of yeah. when I, I finally was feeling inspired again to say, yeah, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do some bitey stuff. Let's, yeah. And now I don't have the time to do it. And so I keep trying to figure out how to dial back other stuff to find the time for it. So that's, that's kind of where mine is. So the power of routine right now is on my CBK9, I post the I'm not awake training every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when I hit to, forget to hit record like this morning. And that was so good. And it was so good this morning. I was like, oh, but I mean, it's, it's maybe like six minutes of training. And it's been cool to get the feedback from others that have messaged me and said, thanks for doing that. It's motivated them. I'm like, really? He's okay. Cause it's, it's pretty sloppy training. It's lots of warts. I'm sharing it like no edits. I'm, I'm sharing that stuff. <laughs> well, and you know, and I think that that's one of the very, that's the downfalls of the social media is everybody's like, Oh, here, let me share this 30 second clip where my dog and I look awesome. And I hate to break it to everybody. The, the 10 minutes of crap that surrounded that, right? Right. The 30 seconds of brilliance. Yeah. But at the same time, you can be like punished if you do put out too much of the stuff that's not quite as good just because that's the way social media is. In reality, it's just reality. It is. And I look at some of, if you're being very systematic and training with progression plans, yes, it's supposed to go very, very smooth. And then sometimes the rest of the world happens and you're like, wow, that was a dumpster fire. And so the thing that's been interesting for me is to really think about some of the stuff that I need to get done with the dogs felt really big. And so I had to really start concentrating on the fact that all of those big behaviors are made up of really small behaviors. And what are some of those small behaviors that I had to have figured out and put together? 
And I'm also looking at the whole fact that we're starting fall and I've got about two months before the weather gets to the point where it's not so fun to be outside. Mm, Especially in Iowa. Especially in Iowa. And so that starts dictating what I'm going to be working on because by the time the weather gets really horrible, my building will be done and I could do some of the behaviors that like healing. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm loving, by the way. Yeah, maybe some of that will rub off. And so it comes down to that mental management and scheduling of, and I'll be really honest, I went and trained three detection dogs this morning and took Flash in to do healing. I know, nobody faint. In a store, I came home, had lunch, and I sat and watched a TV show for an hour. Nice. Because I was like, you know what? I just want to watch some brain candy. And then I had a conference call and then I did chores and ran dogs. For me, a lot of it had to do with, I just didn't have goals. And I mean, I did have goals, but with the nose work, it's gotten like, you know, I've done, I'm on my sixth dog, right? I've got summit titles on three of my dogs or one who's passed a total of six summit titles over three dogs. And I love it. I love it. And I would never stop doing it, but it gets to the point where I'm just, I felt like I was training the same old thing all the time. And so when I started thinking about, well, what else could I train? I couldn't actually come up with anything. And so to start that routine was actually really hard because I'm like, well, I don't know what to train, right? Yeah. And then when I started talking to you guys about the the ARSA stuff, right? We had that podcast with uh, Melissa Stagnaro, right? We talked about it earlier. And we'll put that that link also in the show notes. That we start thinking about something big. When I started thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. That's really, really big. And I've just been kind of like teasing out little pieces of it. I'm like, you know what? It is big. But by just thinking about things in the smaller chunks, I'm making progress. And I'm looking at, you know, I started working, well, Crystal started me with the healing. Like I, I healed with, you know, I, Judd used to, I mean, we did some competition type obedience and stuff like that. And I've trained a lot, but I hadn't trained these dogs. It had been a lot of years. And it just kind of got me thinking, yes, I can do this again. And when we started working on it, I'm like, this is just never going to go anywhere. Well, I have to tell you, the girls are giving me some really good work. And so the other thing is I'm like starting to think, well, I need to do this behavior. I need to do this behavior. And I think something here, and then now I'm overtraining that because I want to like try to add this idea or that idea. I was working on stays with powder and I'm literally, I put her in a stay in front of the sliders. I went upstairs, I took a video of this. I went upstairs in my loft and I'm dropping stuffies down. Oh my God, I saw that. That was brilliant. To her. Well, now, now Jean Cody, right? Who yeah. actually had Powder's mother, uh, Proxy, canine Proxy, who was on Massachusetts Task Force One. He said, let's see you try that with a green ball. So now I'm like challenge accepted. So now that is kind of the next thing I want to do is to drop her green ball yes. next to it. I've started it. We tried it the one time and she's like, ah. And I'm like, you need to sit. She goes, okay. So it wasn't perfect but is getting there. And now I'm like, okay, but now I need to generalize it. So I took them out searching today. And then at the end of her search, she was wonderful. She did a really nice job. I put her into a sit stay in the middle of the field. I'm like, let's work on this. Let's work on some active stays. I had her tugs and then we did some play skills. Like I had her, you know, she's, and we love those Fenix tugs from Redline Canine. She hits that. She's doing some switch. She's doing all, all, and it's just like, you know what? This is fun again. And I just, I needed to have the big goal 
And then I need to think about it in terms of what are the little pieces. And then I felt like I had direction. Because for me, I was like, well, I'm kind of, we don't always win everything or anything like that. But it's like, I needed something new to kind of light the fire under me to do in addition to what I'm doing, right? My excitement for the last couple of days has been getting Flash out of the car and teaching her how to do blinds. And so at the point when I can have my puppy doing 75 yard blinds, and let's think about this people, they're not truly blinds because I'm teaching her basically to look for an orange cone sitting on top of a five gallon bucket. Okay. Right. But she's learning run out with purpose to go to the thing at the bottom of the thing is a bumper, pick it up, bring it back. A, it makes her tired and it's teaching her those, those specific skills. So it's just kind of fun. And my friend Zach is like, well, Robin, just add three yards a day. Pretty soon, just add three yards a day and you'll have her doing 200 yard blinds. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Oh, a progression yeah. plan. Huh. Exactly. What a concept. Right. And then you start thinking, well, <laughs> you know, like it was kind of like with the stays, like she did a powder did a five minute out of sight sit stay. That's awesome. Five minutes. Yeah. Which is the FEMA equivalent. We have to do a five minute out of stay, out of sight down stay. I mean, granted is outside or sliders, but it's in high state of arousal. So which I'm trying to actually, I'm, I'm purposely training a lot of this in high arousal. Yeah. And we don't have this elsewhere yet, but then I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know, we have the ladder work for the ARSA stuff. I'm like, well, what if I do this? What if I put it on an incline? What if I add the metal ladder? You know, and it's, yeah. it's just, it's been fun. And I think it's finding those little tiny things. I mean, real that and... Crystal, I feel you on the sleep thing. Yeah. And one of the things that I've started doing is my phone at nine o'clock at night flips from, I think they call it nighttime mode. So my whole screen, instead of the blue light, it's now like an amber background. And it switches to that at nine o'clock at night. And at seven o'clock in the morning, it switches back to blue light. Is that an iPhone setting? Yes. I don't know. I've got it on my Android too. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's called bedtime mode on mine, but it's it's still a power routine. Yeah. My night shift is what it's called. Switches at 9 p.m. and it goes to 7 a.m. And that is actually becoming a cue for me to put down your phone, go to bed. Yeah. Mine does it at 1030 to 530. I mean, it's whatever time you set. So at 1030, when that goes off, then it's usually when I train the dogs. And then when it goes off at 5.30, then I get up and I train the dogs again. But, you know, again, it's just super short session. Yeah, so having some sort of a cue is kind of... I think the other thing... Because it's so easy to get sucked into all the other stuff that you need to do. And I feel like I was hearing another thing for mental management is kind of seeking support is kind of what I was hearing about, you know, just the different people and motivating and different ideas. And the support that I feel like I have such a great support system. And my dog club is just fabulous and we're growing and Nancy is our president and she has created such just a a positive place and that's the thing I look forward to every Tuesday night and every Saturday night like that is it and you know getting to reach out to my local SAR friends now that I'm home and and I, I know that sounds terrible but trying to balance search and rescue and protection sports and my job and then kind of teaching clients on the side and it's yeah 
And so I was kind of like, you know what, something's going to have to give somewhere. And I know I, I was kind of talking to you guys where I was like, I'm going to have to take a break. And so you guys gave me a break for a couple of weeks, you know, as you interviewed people. So that was, that was very helpful. So I appreciate you for that. But I think that seeking support piece is really important. Something else that I heard you say, Stacy, was about kind of adapting to your energy level. And, you know, when you first started training, when you're in that kind of rough spot, we didn't train very long. It was short and it was just to get back in it. And then now you're like two hours a day. And I'm like, oh, dude, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I'm like, I'm wearing out three Maranatha dogs a day. Yeah. And that's, I used to do that. That is a freaking feat. <laughs> Seriously. Just, I recognize that right now I don't have that energy to be able to dedicate to them. And so then I have to like not beat myself up for it. But I do think that's such an important thing that it's okay to adapt to, to the energy that you have. And my intensity right now, I, I have to match it to maybe I have to do more brain-based stuff if I can't do the physical stuff. So for Radish and Yukon, it's all brain-based stuff right now because all the physical time is getting invested into checkmate. So, and that's the balance I have to do. Yeah, with multiple dogs. Because we're only human. We're only human and we only have a 24-hour day. And I don't feel badly about it, honestly, because I mean, I know that they're still getting, they're still getting fulfilled because I'm, I'm giving them the mental challenges. But I think that energy level thing is, is so legit. And it's, it's being aware of that has been very helpful for me, which, yeah, I guess that kind of takes me into the play part too. I, I got to tell Robin this story yesterday. Uh, Radish is very in tune to me and she knows I'm off. She knows I'm off. And so she's off. and that's frustrating. And then frustration <laughs> causes more off that, you know, I mean, between the back to school and loss in my family and just, this is a lot going on and just trying to deal with everything. And so yesterday I was training with some SAR buddies here and she was like, you know, you're frustrated and you're not yourself. Like I, I can see you're not yourself. And I'm like, you're right. I was like, okay, how can I become more mindful and be here? and put everything else away and kind of melt into the moment. Cause that's what I love about dog training. That's what it does for me. And I said, you know what, how about this? I'm going to get Yukon out and I'm going to go play with him because he just, he brings out that joy in me now because there's no goals of anything besides just enjoy the goofiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's what we did. And then I felt my shoulders kind of come out of my ears and I felt my kind of my posture get better and I felt looser and I'm like, okay, and then I got Radish out and I got her three favorite toys out. And sure enough, she didn't choose the furball. I couldn't believe it. She didn't. No, she chose this little orange ball with a, bland, with a blue handle. I'm like, oh, okay. And she went nuts for it. And I had this engaged little dog that just wanted to do everything. And I didn't feel any of that pressure or stress or worry or, or whatever. I don't know what feelings I had, but they were heavy. They were so heavy. And just playing with my dog. And I'm going to say just there because in that moment, I wasn't perceiving as that's what I really needed, but we both needed that. Yeah. And we went right over, we healed, not, I mean, she healed with me and I sent her over for odor and she was, she was brilliant and, oh, getting both of our headspace in the right place. Cause I always talk about getting the dog's arousal in the right place. I need to put more awareness on like my mindset my like and i'm not going to say arousal because it's weird to say that for humans but yeah you get it i do i do and it's also the connection and, and i have like so my relationship with brava is actually getting way way better since i left iowa and a lot of that had to do with you crystal starting to help me through some of her barking which has always been a little bit of a relationship downer 
between the two of us because it has always just frustrated me. And it was just something that like, I just, I felt like it was always kind of like this, it got in the way of me being able to communicate with her. And now that we're starting to work through some of that, and I'm seeing so much try come out of this dog. And it has been, that's where you started to feel that connection and you're starting to work with your dog. And it's just, I just like, I'm having more fun with her. And I think having that connection, whether you're playing or whether you're doing something else, it's being able to, even if you can carve out just even a few minutes of connecting with a dog, doing something that you're both enjoying. And when you both enjoy it, that is building that relationship and you get all those good feelings that just help to give you some momentum with the training. Like I I just, I look at her, I'm like, oh, I wonder what we can do tomorrow. And I'm, And now I'm starting to add in different behaviors. So now I'm like, well, now I want to start teaching you how to do, you know, a down on a recall. So I started thinking, well, how do I want to do that? And I brought out like this little rubber mat and I put the little rubber mat down and we started and it's just getting like, I start thinking about, well, I could do it this way. I could do it that way. And I didn't really have that kind of mindset with her other than because we always had kind of this, this challenge, this, this elephant in the room. And now granted, she still does bark occasionally, but it's more like probably just more annoying to my backdoor neighbor than anything. I mean, she's been fabulous. She just wants to work. And she just looks at me like, I'm just trying so hard, you know? And well, first of all, Crystal, I want to thank you for that because it really, it's really like, it's made, like, I can't even, so much gratitude there. And then the other thing is to show how, to talk about like how feeling, just enjoying some time with your dog and how that creates some momentum. Because when you feel good, you want to do it again. And so if you're struggling, now granted, if you're struggling with time, that's one thing, but which I know, Crystal, you've got a lot of of stuff going on. But if there are people listening, they're like, I'm just like in a slump. I just don't know how to get out of it. Go play with your dog. Yeah. Go play with your dog. If you can enjoy the time that you have with them, you're going to want to do it again. And the play is a huge part of it. So we end up, I end every play session with each of the, I mean, every training session with each dog with play. And they're just, they're, and that those tugs that they've apparently decided they like the Fenix ones they're getting the snot beat out of them because they're just all... Well, and, and Crystal, we were having that conversation earlier and you're like, so I, you played with Yukon and Yukon did Yukon things. Which makes me smile. Which makes you smile, which makes everybody say, oh, Yukon. <laughs> He's such a doofus. God. And then you played with Radish and she became a, a totally different dog because that's one of the joyous things about dogs. They make us be present. Because, oh boy, can they sure detect when you are not all in. Oh, and she's making me learn so many new techniques. I mean, that's, that's where I really had to remember that playing is probably our very best way of connecting in that bond. And it also helps me understand where she is and kind of what she wants to do. So, I mean, I was down on my knees in the grass with these three toys and just getting the crap beat out of me. <laughs> and, you know, we were just having a grand old time and she didn't go after the fur ball. And I was like, what? And she's like, oh, I don't want that. And, and it just, it was surprising. And then that was fun. And, you know, I mean, I've been, I mean, truly the mindfulness stuff, you guys, I have been from breathing, from body scans, grounding, the five senses, things we've talked about, mindful walking. I've started doing that. The single tasking, like that's huge. Doing time blocks, like what Robin's doing. Yeah. Time blocks are huge. Talk about 
you said mindful walking. Yeah. And then there was one after that, I think, that I'm like, what's that? Oh, just single tasking. Just okay. focusing on the single task at hand. But like mindful walking uh, how do is you just... How to focus on one thing at a time? <laughs> well, I mean, even my mindful walking, I'm paying attention to every step that I take. And so I'm thinking about that feeling of just the ground beneath my feet. And I can't go barefoot. It's terrible. Like I have the most tender feet. But like if I'm at the sod farm, oh, I love it because I can actually walk barefoot. <laughs> and there's no chiggers there. <laughs> there's no chiggers. I'm thinking about every step. I did that a lot this summer when my knees hurt and my ankle hurt that I was... Uh-huh. I'm thinking my plantar fasciitis on my left right. foot going, oh, I feel every step. But I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking beyond the pain. And that's that's the thing that I have... That's where a lot of my mindfulness practices are coming in because I'm dealing with a lot of pain. And so because of the chronic pain from all the craziness and the tears and all of that too... I'm having to really focus on mindfulness and I'm having to learn all of these techniques to try to get me through the day. And the the mindful walking has been a really good one of really just focusing on the presence of the pressure of my feet and then how it affects my knees to my, you know, my legs to my back. And I feel every step, but I'm thinking about it beyond the pain, but more of just the feeling of presence. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I didn't mean to like blather on, but no, I love it. No, that it's one of those things where I think about. This summer, I had some amazing interns who did chores for me a lot of the summer because that was just one of the things that we ended up doing. And so I've been doing chores for about the last month. There is nothing more grounding in my life than going out every day, doing chores and checking on the animals. Yeah. How's Caleb, by the way? He's doing fit. Caleb's one of the donkeys. He has, he has heaves. He's actually doing fabulously. He was trying to pick a fight with Pedro through the fence. So he's doing much better. But it's that constant. And I I want to say it's been really fun. And it's really interesting for me, especially with the bird dog stuff. I don't have a good... I was thinking about this as I was watching (laughs) Flash and Flair both come running back to me with paddle tongues. Well, they've got a bumper in their mouth, so they out the bumper. And then they're looking at me like, let's do this again. But they've got this big paddle tongue. And I'm like, no, you actually need to cool off before we do anything else. And it goes (laughs) back to that whole, I can tell you as a detection dog trainer, when, okay, that's enough brain work. We were doing hunting today and Sheba probably had in total 15 minutes of systematic search sniffing right through all of the different problems that we gave her today. She's tired, but we did it in air conditioning. And so she's not getting overheated like the bird dogs are doing. And so I'm now trying to regulate and find out that balancing point of, because I also have the problem that you guys would do this again and and again and again until you like pass out in a bad way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, when can I pull the plug? And then it's making me really think about being what lesson am I setting up in the bird dog training to make sure that they learn the lesson when I'm having them run 60 or 70 yards one way Right. So they have to learn that lesson before they get tired. That's considerable. It's yeah. Right. Because it's the excitement. It's not just the running, it's the running under high arousal. Right. 
And then you pick up the thing and you have to hold the thing and you've got to bring it back. And then we have to sit and heal and we've got to sit nicely until mom says drop. And all of those, so because you're practicing the whole routine. And then I'm like, well, okay, that send out didn't work the way it was supposed to because I didn't think about it because I'm still learning all that stuff too. So that's mentally exhausting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that the thing that, and we were talking about, I know, shocking in text messages, us talking about stuff, is that finding those little ways to help you get back on track and the appropriate people to talk to so that you can do mental management of expectations of yourself and is really important. I think I picked up on reflecting on progress there is what I heard one of the things you said of just taking a moment, reflecting on what went well, what could improve. But that I think is what's going to help stay engaged. And I'm finding that with myself and motivated. So the little session I do right before bed, I think immediately like, okay, in the morning, if I just change this one thing and then I go right to sleep. And then when I wake up, I feel like I'm still thinking about that. And then I get to try it right when I wake up. Like that's been such a great thing of having that little reflection piece. And then my 20 minute drive to work, if I'm not talking to dad, then I'm thinking about, okay, when I get home, I get to do that. So, I mean, really the dogs are what's keeping me kind of sane. Grounded, grounded. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just minutes. I mean, it's 10 minutes for three dogs and I I have them together at the same time training. So which which is a skill in and of itself. Well, necessity. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it's also a skill. And I cut you off, Stacey. I'm so sorry. A second ago. No, no, no. It was a really great thought. No, I was just thinking in terms of one thing that is helpful for me, because a lot of times when you feel like you've got, like you're trying to train this big thing, it can feel so overwhelming. Like I'm trying to actually train for an entirely different sport, right? And it's, and there's so many different facets to it that it can feel very overwhelming. So what I found was, this just goes back to a lot of good ways of training is the splitting. And if I didn't think about it in terms of like this big overwhelming, like I have to be able to teach this big long healing pattern to this dog that doesn't even know how to sit on my left hand side, although they do now. That feels very big. But when I start to just think about it, splitting it out, not only is it breaking it into the pieces that I feel like I can train, it's also then I'm like, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? And that's when I start overtraining and overtraining in a good way, right? Trying to just really make that behavior really robust. It's like the stay work, right? So I'm sitting here going, well, what else can I do to proof the stay with powder? Oh, let's drop toys next to her out of the loft. Oh, let's drop the green ball. Thank you, Jean. That is challenge accepted. Yeah. You're talking about all of that splitting. It was really funny. Crystal and I were having a conversation. I was talking about through running dogs on distant marks and all sorts of things. And she's like, well, why don't you tie the dogs out so they can watch? And literally my brain went, no, because I immediately went through, now I have to find appropriate chains or a tie-out system or all of these things. And I was like, I cannot put anything in the way of me right now with my... So yeah, it would be a distraction to the other. Well, it's not even a distraction. It's like if I have... Right now I have four crates in my van. Yeah. I can put four dogs in my van. I can go train. I can cycle through them. 
if I had to figure out and put in, not that I'm saying Crystal's idea was a bad idea, maybe later. If I have to put any more steps in there other than bringing the dogs out of the basement and putting them in the car to go train. <laughs> maybe too overwhelming. That's too many obstacles. I actually am at the point where I'm like, I everything's in my minivan. My husband has mowed the hay fields. I'll drive out in my minivan, set up what I need to have set up, drive back to where I want to start the dogs and do it because I'm like, God knows I... I have to make it easy at this point. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Well, I've got this stuff like set up in my back. I'm literally training in my backyard. And, but the, the thing that was holding me back for that, which a lot of you can understand, I had to make sure that backyard was really picked up for the dog poop. All the dog poop had to be up. Yes. It was kind of like this thing that was like, oh, you're going to get the dog poop, right? So I'm sure we can all really relate to that, right? I'm the laziest feeding raw. I'm the laziest because a couple days later, it's just gone. <laughs> well, that's because you feed raw. Yeah. So, but still, I'm like, I'm so lazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, and but I pick it up as 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 I go. But just getting it the yard cleaned up, and then I'm like, oh well, let me. You know, I, I was doing the ladder work right in, in Iowa, and I'm like, oh, oh man, I want to continue to that. I'm like, well, I'll build one. So then I learned how to use a circular saw and I... <laughs> All the skills you've learned. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I can pound a nail. I'm like, look at that. I can pound a nail in seven strokes, a two-inch nail and a two-by-four. Proud of that, by the way. But, it, well, carrying the wood in my van, I was not that smart. Anyways, that's another story. But it just really kind of like it got this momentum going. And it's interesting how those little teeny-weeny steps, I mean... But it can be overwhelming also. Yeah. The whole sticker thing evolved from the fact that Stacy, this summer, we both had soda stream bottles, which I've lost one, by the way. I don't know where it's at. I'm somewhere around my place. I, all of mine, none of them have stickers on them, by the way. So I have only my own. All of mine have stickers. <laughs> I had to put stickers on my soda stream bottles so we didn't get our soda stream bottles mixed up. So I had this whole thing of stickers sitting out in our mudroom and it would just I like stickers. And so it was mocking me. And I'm like, where else am I going to use all of these stickers? So I was like, every day I train, I'm going to give myself a sticker because I can. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me in my little chore chart. Like, uh, do you have st stickers for each dog? Like, does each dog have a sticker? I just have a smiley face sticker that says, I train dogs today. Awesome. Okay. Right. And it's, I didn't, I was like, maybe after I'm, at the point where I'm going to say like tomorrow, I'm going to go, well, this, this will air after this. I'm going to go watch um, field trial work tomorrow. So uh -huh. I'm also going to be like, I'm leaving at this time because I need to get home because I do need to train a dog or two, right? I don't have to train them all. So I know this is going to air after, but I've got a level two vehicle trial with Y. and so. I could either train in the morning or I can do something, not necessarily like odor work, but I can just stop somewhere and just even get them out, do a little, little stay, a little healing or, you know, something like that. And that's still my time, right? That's still my time training. Like trialing is also kind of included in that. But I, I think what's important is that you just kind of get the momentum and you don't have to feel like, oh, if you have multiple dogs, you have to work all of them every day. I think it's just a matter of 
being able to be engaged and being able to just, you know, you're doing something every day. You're enjoying your dogs every day. So it doesn't feel like a chore. Well, and I also think that going to this, going and watching this field trial, I'm learning. That counts as training. Exactly. But that still means I need to come home and work on, I don't have to go throw birds. I don't have to go set out odor. I can work on healing and sit stays. Yes. Which will benefit everything else that I'm doing. Yes. So anyway. There's a couple pieces to that too. I think for my momentum in my kind of mindfulness practices that I'm trying so hard and like at school, I really am trying to be very mindful there, especially. and. I'm trying to not be, uh, I'm trying to stay as neutral as possible and always just thinking this is information. This is information, you know, and, and that can really be a challenge at times. And so part of what's really helping me with that momentum is reflecting on my relationship. So that's where, when I can end a session and I can say, did we both have fun? Did we both enjoy that? Did we gain? Am I seeing a stronger bond and a connection form? And if, if I can at least at the very, very least keep that as my primary goal, always, I think that's been probably one of the biggest things for me. And the other thing that I practice a lot and I'm trying to, especially Thanksgiving time, November is like the month that I always rejuvenate it, but it's the gratitude and acknowledgement and our training buddy, Alyssa, you know, started this and I've kind of taken it a step further. And she said that every session when I'm done, I thank my dog for their hard work. And the piece that I've added recently is I also would try to then acknowledge the fact that I have been dedicated and that I'm a piece of that too. So I thank my dog, but then I also try to acknowledge what I bring to the table. And I think that's what I really need to improve. So, I mean, if you guys have tips on how I can be better at acknowledging, you know, myself as that trainer, that's I'm, I need that because I know part of it, you know, I can celebrate milestones. Mm -hmm. I love sharing success stories. I think having our training groups are so nice. We have our little training accountability buddies. And I think by having that, we we can kind of acknowledge each other's challenges and we can yeah. say, yeah, I've had the same challenge. And that feels good to know that, I mean, I know I'm not alone, but just to have others that recognize those and are dealing with those. Yeah. And that, you know, you guys can say, hey, you know what? Just take a break. <laughs> you need to take a break. I'm like, yeah, Kit Kat time. <laughs> <laughs> but even just setting the new goals. I like how you guys you know, like I, I helped with saying, Hey, Stacy, you know, set a goal of ARSA, like check into that. And I was like, what? what? And then it, it took some, a little bit of discussion, right? Cause you know me, I don't. Yeah. You know. And Denise saying set a goal of Mindio. And those things are so good that I just, I have to keep going back and I have to keep thinking about my why and keeping my, just my focus kind of forward. But at the same time, I have to go back and I have to think about why I got started, why I'm doing this to keep that passion, keep that dedication at times, because it does kind of just go, Oh, dude, I, I just kind of want to just go lay down for a little while. <laughs> yeah. It, sometimes it gets very heavy when you've got hurt dogs, Yeah, multiple dogs, Yeah, you know, all of it can get really, really heavy. And I think it's been interesting for me since I started splitting up the groups of dogs is I'm like, not all my dogs have to be good at all the things. Right. I can take this group of dogs and we can focus on this thing, even if it's for it's the next three months, because you know what? 
they're under the age of two. (laughs) I don't have to do all the things all at once. Yeah. And so that has actually helped with a little bit of that motivation of that means, you know what, I don't have to spend five hours a day doing detection work. I know that might like be blasphemy to somebody, but (laughs) (laughs) I might get hate mail over that one, but sorry. It also allows me to work on fun, different things that advance my skill set so that I have to be thinking about different problems. Because it's also whatever we're working on, even if it's not core to what we primarily do, right? All the other stuff helps everything. It just helps everything. Yeah. So even though you might be like, well, this is our fun stuff, the fun stuff helps the stuff that, which is your course. Which goes back to Crystal's whole concept of, is the relationship furthered by what we just did? I mean, I look at Brava, right? So here she is climbing a ladder and doing all this stuff. Is that going to help her nose work? Yeah, actually it will. Because I, I... Well, it's great conditioning. It's conditioning, but it's also building resilience. It's building some grit. It's helping our relationship. It's helping our trust. And she's feeling accomplished. She seems like she's feeling accomplished. It's all of these things because she gets, it it will help her searching. Yeah. I've done a canine 5K mud run a couple of times with everybody except Radish at this point. And it's one of those things where you go, is that going to really help with your sport, you know, or whatever your activity is? Oh, heck yeah. yeah. That was, that right now has been the moment that's changed my relationship with every dog. Wow. It just, you... It's you wow. and your dog in the mud on a mountain going through obstacles and you're figuring it out together. And that grit that you have to bring together is yeah. just, yeah. it's priceless. Yeah. I mean, Yukon and I are my favorite pictures from the mud run and it's us on this swinging bridge, hands and knees, you know, and, and I'm over him and I had a, I had a concussion. I had a cut on my head, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had passed out in the shower the night before. <laughs> don't even know why the altitude and such. And I mean, it was just so intense and the two of us, it just, oh, that moment, you know, and those, those are the things that I think about. And I'm like, yeah, let's go train a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, we need takeaways. We do need takeaways, ladies. We do. We do. Looking at the clock. It's like, oh, really? I could keep talking about this for like forever. I know. So here's, here's what I, I was jotting down notes because that's what I do. So the mental management pieces that I think that I heard, the power of routine, setting achievable goals, seeking support, adapting your energy level, incorporating play, and then mindfulness and presence, and then acknowledging and being grateful for your dog and yourself, and the power of that creating the motivation to then continue. So those are the kind of the seven things that I kind of took away. And there's probably more, but the ones that hit me the most. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's the It's the momentum and breaking things down even smaller, 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 because how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time, right? It's kind of like the old adage. Okay, you guys, why are we so mean to animals? No, it's just this. (laughs) Robin and her cats, you and elephants. I know. But that's the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And and that really is, if you want to, if you've got a big goal, you got to eat it one bite at a time. And Splitting it out and challenging yourself. Well, what if? Like, if you could ask yourself, "What if I do this? What if I do that?" That it, that can for me, it creates a little bit of that like excitement and that spark that 
helps to create that momentum because that momentum is what can get you out of a slump. And my takeaway is, let's just say that I've been doing that stupid sticker thing for five days. That's awesome. Right. And if it makes your soul sing to do something that's a little silly, but it helps keep you accountable and drives you to get out and train your dog or go for a walk with your dog or go out to dinner with your husband or something, do it there. It's perfectly okay. And absolutely finding accountability buddies are huge. And especially in a group that there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't train, it's more of a, Hey, what can we do to help you? It's not a guilt trip of, Oh my gosh, go train. So I think that, and remember, it's also okay if you are feeling incredibly overwhelmed to rest and give yourself actually, and I've done this. I was like, I am taking three days. I am not training dogs. I did this last week. I am not training dogs. I am playing with the donkeys. I am watching TV and I will walk the dogs. And actually when it ended up turning out to happen is that I train dogs anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I told it that, that it was not a requirement. Now I'm back to, okay, every day I have to carve out some time of whatever's going on in my schedule to train dogs. That's now a requirement that's expected. Last week for those three days, if I wanted to sit on my butt all day and watch eight hours of Star Trek, I was like, rock on, you can do that. So ladies, thank you. Yeah, conversation. Thank you so much. For a wonderful conversation. Thank you listeners for joining in with us every week. And we greatly appreciate every single one of you. And if you have any ideas on how you've gotten yourself out of a slump or some mental management tricks, we'd like to see those. And so please share them with us. For now, go rest. Canine Detection Collaborative. We appreciate the time you spend with us. If you liked this episode, not only should you follow us so you don't miss the next one, but please also rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. For info on collaborating with us, go to K9DetectionCollaborative.com. That's K9DetectionCollaborative.com, where you can find our socials and pick up our latest monthly freebie. Join us again to talk training in the next episode.